Hello and welcome to the Pinstripe Alley podcast. I'm Andrew Mearns, joined by Kun Shah. How you doing? I feel undefeated. Undefeated, yes. Yeah, in the last week at least. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, only Over the this, last um, seven days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yankees, uh, since... We are last recording. We had recorded after they had lost those last two games at the Trop and split the four-game set. They, again, have gone on one of those runs where they have not lost since their last recording. We are 7-0. and They had a perfect homestand against the Angels and Tigers, and they won their first game against the Twins last night. Always good to win games. That is, um, I've done the research on it, and I can confirm it's always good to win games. Oh, well, some sources say that losing is occasionally good. Well, but you, are, are you wrong. here to refute this? Yes, those sources are wrong. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, <laughs> you presented the hard evidence, and uh, I agree with you. Yes, exactly. What is my proof? My smile. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, you, you would not be smiling after a Yankees loss, so there's... That's, the way, I'll put it this way. On Monday, I was actually sad it was an off day because I didn't know what to do. Whereas last year, I was only happy on the off days. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. I'm not going to be annoyed today. <laughs> Mind you, I didn't even, I, I had barely checked into the games. I was so checked out last year um, because the Yankees were like, they, yeah, they won games, whatever, whatever. But they just looked so boring while doing it. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I had it on in the background, like maybe not even paying attention to it. And I was still just happier on the on the off days where I didn't even have to go through the effort to turning on the game. And that's because that's that's the extent of my like Yankee watch last year was just put, putting in the effort to turn on the game. This year, I was like Monday, I was like, hmm, what do I do now? Yeah, I guess uh, just just watch uh, TV. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, like I do watch TV while I watch the game because like I refuse to listen to any of the announcers because they just all eventually give me a headache. So the game is always just on and in the background while I'm watching something else or doing something else, but I pay attention to the games now. So like, yeah, yeah. Monday was just weird. I was like, I only have to pay attention to my TV. What is that? That's supposed to give game of Thrones, my, my game of Thrones rewatch, my sole focus. <laughs> well, you missed a, a Ruko game last night. That was good. Yeah. You win some, you lose them. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, except, except for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you did not miss anything with the, um, I think it was the Peacock broadcast when they had, uh, John Flaherty and uh, Jack Morris on, and they had Jason Benetti, but Benetti's good and he's like trying to do stuff with them. But it's like, oh man, that's a that's a tough booth for you, man. I, I like the concept of what they're doing with that Peacock thing, where it's like the, they have like what their main announcer, and then they just bring like one person from each yeah. of the teams as like the color. So like conceptually, I think that's great, and I feel like that's something that should happen for national games, uh, nationally broadcast games. But yeah, don't if you're not with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> they had CC on and like for pregame and postgame stuff. But I think he just does not want to do like play by play or color or anything like that. He's like, fine, I'll show up and I'll wear whatever I want, but I'm going to not do play by play. <laughs> yeah, I think on Sunday, like the 45 seconds I listened to was like in the fourth inning or whatever when they had brought CC on or just played. I don't know if it was actually live or played back like the pregame something, but he was speaking. So I listened and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Fortunately, the Yankees won that game anyway in walk-off fashion, so that was pretty nice. Yes, and I will say I do enjoy eleven thirty start times. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was a little bit early for me. I don't know. I was just like, uh, of course, that was also a weird day for me because I was coming back from a wedding, so it was like I was listening to the game on the radio in the car. So it was always going to be weird, but that 
we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Go. <laughs> I've been a certified grandpa since I was like 18. The first time I was ever, ever able to walk into a club, I just said the music's too loud. Yeah. So <laughs> starting games at 1130 is wonderful for me. Yeah. Well, there was a good story. And uh, I think it might have been in the Times or something like that. But it was basically talking about like all the players like, oh, yeah, now we have real Sunday afternoon plans because we can fit them in. It's <laughs> not like yeah, leaving right. the ballpark at night. Exactly. Lucas Litke got to stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> stay at home. Dad gets to stay at home. <laughs> All right. We're we're getting uh we're getting derailed a little bit, but you know just a little bit. What do you want? It's uh the Yankees have been playing well and they got they I feel like we need to start right away with the starting pitching because for as incredible as, as they've been for all season, the past week they've been on just on another level. Yeah, it's absolutely insane when you have multiple perfect game bids mm-hmm. and like legit ones too not like oh they went four perfect innings. no no like they were both like into the like into the seventh through the seventh and i was like what the hell is happening yeah a um, back-to-back nights with uh tyone and cole tyone's was broken up in the at the start of the eighth coles was busted with two outs in the seventh but they were just absolutely blowing away the tigers yeah and like, or excuse me, the the Angels and then the Tigers, <laughs> right? Both of them. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like I think the best Garrett Cole. Obviously, you know, anytime you're taking a perfect game bid into the seventh or eighth inning, it's probably the best game you've had so far. But like for Garrett Cole, he looked like vintage Garrett Cole again. And obviously, you know, since his his like first couple starts of the year because of Billy Crystal, um, <laughs> he's obviously turned the page on his season. <laughs> it's again on, all again. Crystal. Again, and I will never let that die. <laughs> Ever since he got over his uh, feud with Billy Crystal, Cole has turned the page on the season, and he's looked more and more like Garrett Cole. But, yeah, that was just phenomenal stuff. And then Tyone, like, I mean, I gave him my Yankee of the Week last week because I didn't think he'd be able to top that. And then, holy crap. <laughs> Boy, howdy, did he? Because that was – yeah, that had some serious – that was a perfect game attempt that had some serious juice behind it. It just – he was in total control of that game, and – you know, it, it was unfortunate that it broke up when it did. And it, it was really annoying, too, because I was like one of the few games this week that the Yankees offense really took off and they did not score at all for him. And then they needed right. to come from behind to win that game. But so he was pitching basically with like the pressure of the game on him as well, which is doesn't always happen in a perfect game. attempt. like, you know, Garrett Cole was just shoving as the offense was dumping runs on the Tigers. So. Yeah, exactly. The, a little bit easier. He made the offense made it a little bit easier for Cole, but yeah. And that was like the more impressive thing about Tyone is he still just looked completely cool and in command. Like he didn't let anything bother him, which was like, crazy. Yeah. Well, Until- it's funny. <laughs> he was talking about after the game, it's like, what were you thinking when they weren't scoring? And he's like, well, I remember, and I remember this now too, just because he had talked about it. But when he was on the Pirates, there had been one time when Rich Hill was throwing a perfect game deep against them and he carried it, it turned into just a no hitter attempt in the ninth. But then he was pitching in the 10th because the Pirates still hadn't scored. And then he gave up a walk off home run. <laughs> that was the first hit and they lost. So he's like, <laughs> weirdly, I have seen this somewhat before. So I, that was was on my mind <laughs> yeah i guess when you come from the pirates organization you're used to your offense just not delivering for you. yeah yeah it's just like fine and also like i'm sure that like jordan montgomery is like sitting back in the chair like yes doesn't that suck doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's like haha <laughs> now you know what it feels like i don't know why jordan montgomery turned into thor when I said <laughs> or loki 
<laughs> yeah, like one of them. Well, they're basically yeah, twins, but, right? So they are. They are. But then again, Jamison Tyon was also very, very awful yesterday because he only went four innings. How yeah. dare he? Yeah, it was like a start. We were talking about this right before we started recording, but like he, it, you'd probably give it like a C minus or something. It was like bad but not really like a total blow up and he fought to keep them only at only four runs when he really didn't have much going in that game but you know whatever the bullpen picked him up yeah and like uh, and again um the important thing is you don't let the game get away from you like yeah you're struggling but you find a way to kind of limit the damage limit the uh limit what's happening and he's still left with the lead so you know kudos for a well fought but not well started start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the most runs he's given up in a game this season. Like you knew things were off because he actually walked a dude, you know, he's, right. he's been extremely stingy with his control this year. He had only walked five guys and 10 starts, which is absurd. And even now it's only six guys and 11 starts. So right. he's just <laughs> been in total control, but yesterday was just a little blip. It happens. Like I said, uh, I think I said this yesterday while uh, in our Slack, I was like, I guess it had to happen at some point where the bullpen would have to pitch more than like two or three innings. Yeah. And hey, you know, we'll give credit to, to our uh, stay-at-home dad pal, Lucas Lickey, through an inning and two-thirds. Uh, then Wandy Peralta, an inning and a third, scoreless. And by the end, they could, you know, throw on Marinaccio out there to cover the last two innings because it was a six-run game. So yeah, good work. He still kept it at that six runs. <laughs> yeah. Go, go bullpen B team. And I think this has been talked about in our Slack a little bit, but Wandy Peralta has like the quietest 1.83 ERA you've ever seen. Like, it's this is not impressive when you have Clay Holmes. No, it's, yeah. Well, it's that and like the way he does it too. It's like not exactly like long term dominance really that you foresee out of that, but you appreciate the just steady, good middle relief. It's something that a lot of teams do not have that luxury. And like, and this is not a knock on Wandy Peralta at all, because by all means, I like Wandy Peralta. He's been good for the Yankees since he came over. For Mike um, Talkman. For Mike Talkman. <laughs> from yeah, Mike Talkman. Talk about that. KBO star, Mike Talkman. Exactly. Kudos to him for getting in the KBO, but that is not yeah. here. That is not here. But yeah, like, I just have this tendency to forget Wandy Peralta exists until like they show him warming up or he just enters the game. I was like, oh, yeah. right, they can go to him. And yeah. not a knock on him. It's not like I dislike him or anything. Like, I just, for some reason, cannot remember his existence. For me, I will, I will remember him just because I have a very distinct memory of watching him in a game. And that was um, when the Yankees were on their winning streak last year, they were in uh, Atlanta for part of it. And that was when I was still living there. So we went to that game and Chapman was completely falling apart in the ninth inning. And that was the game when Peralta came out of the bullpen and was able to get Freddie Freeman out to finish the game. So he will always have my love for that. Yeah, no, I mean, like I remember him because like when they traded for him, I, in my head, I just kept saying, not all those who Wandy are lost. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's how you remember things, just puns. Yes, yes, exactly. But like, yeah, every time like they go to him, I just like, oh yeah, he's still there. Oh yeah, he's he, he's an option and he's solid. Yeah, just hanging in there, he's good. But but back to the uh, the rotation, who are the stars of this episode? You know, uh, we haven't even said Nestor Cortez's name yet. He's just continued to roll. He pitched seven innings against the Angels, pitched eight against the Rays, and 
he's going to be pitching tonight in Minnesota. And at this point, like the expectations are just like, yeah, he's just probably going to be really good. Maybe he'll make us look stupid after the end of this episode, but I don't think so. And even still, he has the, he is the best ERA in the league. It's 1.5 in 68. Right. And yeah. You don't, you don't know if that'll continue, but you see the way he's doing it and it's not a fluke. And I feel like that's something that we've been trying to drive home at PSA this season, but like, obviously it's fun to talk about like the different arm angles and, you know, the hesitations and stuff like that, that Destra does to throw off hitters, but there's like a lot of like late life on his pitches and movements. That's really fooling guys. And that, that part is sustainable. Also, and I don't think this gets talked about enough on the site, and I brought this up to you. Actually, no, I haven't, but I'm going to pretend I have. I brought this up to you as an editorial issue because you're responsible for that. His power comes from his mustache. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you look at... <laughs> there I, need I, to be more articles about this. It's true. I mean, I was putting the uh, the game thread together for tonight's game, and I was curious if there we had any old file photos of him pitching at Target Field, because sometimes that'll happen, sometimes not, just because he was used sparingly during his first stint. And he was pitching, but he was not wearing a mustache. And at that point, I'm just like, Ugh. it's like that that uncle of yours that like shaves and suddenly like, I don't know you. Exactly. <laughs> or exactly. I guess Matt, Matt Carpenter's kids who like when he said <laughs> he shaved his beard and his kids were like, what is going on? <laughs> Why are you that guy from that game? <laughs> Why are you Luigi? <laughs> Luigi is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is Luigi. I'm just, picturing one of those, I'm just picturing one of those like um newspaper like uh, uh health columns. <laughs> Dear Dear um, um, Megan or whatever, my dad is Luigi. What can I do about this? Please help. <laughs> well, make sure you keep him away from the ghosts. That's that's all I got. <laughs> Megan, just make sure you tell the kids that he just needs to go uh, save Princess Peach and help his brother out. Yeah. Got a great transition here. Speaking of video games, guess who's playing Major League Baseball on easy mode? Aaron Judge. Yeah. Oh, hey, there you go. That's that is the transition because that <laughs> is true. <laughs> he is yeah. just crushing home runs. He's still leading the majors with uh, by like five more than anyone else. Like he hit his twenty second yesterday. Jordan Alvarez homered as well, and he's second place, but he's all the way down at seventeen. It's sort of like at the end of twenty twenty, how Luke Voigt was the only dude with twenty home runs in the league, and everyone else is just vaguely right. except. Aaron Judge is better than Luke Voigt. All due respect to Lukey, but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> he's just hitting out of his mind right now. And we love it. Yeah. Jordan Alvarez is like playing on normal difficulty. Aaron Judge is playing on rookie. Like that, that, that has to be it. Like his campaign is on easy mode. Yeah. We're like just looking at it right now. 315, 385, 685. Leads the league in slugging and OPS. 1070 OPS. 204 OPS plus. Like people have been talking about the comparisons to his 2017 and it's these numbers, obviously he still has to do it over a full season, but these numbers are better than his 2017, which is absolutely wild because for most people, and, that would be a career year. Right. And the fact that, and then you have to factor in that he's also playing center field. Yeah. He's playing a lot of center field recently, especially, especially yeah. with uh, just how their defensive alignments have worked out and he's handling fine. Yeah. I think like part of it's trying to get Gallo back in right field to see like maybe if that'll like kind of help him out like a la Glaber. Mm-hmm. But 
Also, the yeah. fact that Hicks is not exactly stamping out a reason for him to regularly playing center field anymore because it's not like his defense is stand out there anymore. But yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so you take him like obviously offensively, he's been doing phenomenal. But then the add in on the other side of the ball, he's playing multiple positions and playing them well. Like mm-hmm. again, just has to be on easy mode. Yeah, the man is crushing. I wonder if like Glaber is just like. Judge, why you got to switch positions so easily, man? Yeah, it's like, stop making me look bad. <laughs> Aaron's like, okay, fine. You want me to play shortstop? I'll do it. And then still hit 45 home runs a night. <laughs> Dan Glaber's like, well, fine. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> Try Glaber out in right field. Please do not. Please do not. Please do not. I jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I take it back. Yeah, but yeah, even Glaber's hitting too. So, you know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> exactly. Very um, quietly. Speaking- yeah, and like, what's nice is like we're finally back to looking like a major league uh, baseball lineup mm-hmm. with like Giancarlo and Donaldson coming back. Giancarlo hit a home run yesterday, which is always just fun to watch because that's my favorite thing in baseball to watch is G just hitting dingers. Yep, shout out to uh, former PSA <laughs> scribe Greg Kirkland. You got to see both Judge and Stan hit dingers for him. That was nice. And Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo too. I don't think he really yeah. cares about Rizzo as much, but yeah, <laughs> yeah he was there. Yeah. <laughs> Rizzo gets a Rizzo gets a participate participation award. Rizzo gets a thumbs up. Yeah, yes. and he Woo. he is um, and we should talk about Rizzo just like a hot second, just because he is you know started hitting again. He had in May he sort of went dormant for a while, but now he's picked it back up. So if that's how he's going to go this season, some hot stretches, some cold stretches, okay, fine. But yeah, more hot stretches, we'll take it. No, exactly. Like again, we. We talked about him obviously a lot more in April than we did in May because he wasn't really doing much in May. In April, we were just surprised with how hot he had started because we had anticipated him being perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right now, I think his numbers look overall look more in line with perfectly fine than they obviously did in April, where he was just very, very good. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice for him to kind of, you know, go back towards the uh, closer, inching towards those April numbers. You know, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're we allowed to be greedy, right? I mean, I know I like make a living off of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the, the lineup is suddenly like a, a lot more complete, as you said, like from top to bottom, and that they can actually throw like the Connor Falefas down toward the back of the lineup rather than like he was occasionally hitting fifth. There were some games where like Miguel Andujar was hitting cleanup or fifth. So right, it suddenly became a lot thinner and more pressure on the rotation which again they lived up to so kudos on them but it's it's good it's just good to see it a little bit more normal again yeah there's some balance in the force now yes yes <laughs> pretty much it yeah i guess i guess uh on the note of Andujar, we should know that he has uh requested a trade from the yankees which uh i get on his end i know i'm sure he's frustrated but i don't think there was really a reason for them to keep him on the roster he's not like he was hitting that much more i know like people like his style of hitting more than hicks and gallo but it wasn't really all that more productive so sorry and i don't think that the yankees are going to honor his trade request immediately just because they appreciate his depth so that's just what it is yeah i think the yankees were right for calling him up when they did and then probably sending him back down when they when they did yeah because you're not going to roster him over they're having Stan come back. They need to figure something out, and they weren't going to like DFA Gallo, Hicks, or Marwin Gonzalez to keep 
Miguel Andujar when they have options. So, right. Yeah. And I think the important thing is like, I think people are fantasizing 2018 too much when it comes to Andujar. Yeah. Nothing against him. You know, he, he was fine uh, in in the season when like, you know, he, he, he did his job, you know, adequately, but like he wasn't like trying to cover up the ball either, where it's like he was making enough of enough noise to like be like, oh shit, no, they should keep him around. They need to keep him around. He wasn't really doing that. Yeah, and there's a misconception, I feel like, that he hasn't gotten a chance basically since he got her in 2019. But in 2021, he was up for two months and he didn't really hit. And that lineup needed help and he did not really give it. So I know he got injured in the second half and that took away his chances to help later down the stretch. And two months is not necessarily indicative of the rest of the future, but it's also, to me, a little bit more relevant than his play pre-surgery four years ago. So exactly. <laughs> but I do get it from his end where he wants to trade because he wants to see if there's an opportunity for him to, you know, get more chances in uh, in the majors somewhere else. And you know what? There probably is opportunities for him just not on this team and this organization. But right now he's kind of stuck with the hand he's dealt in that the, the Yankees probably need the depth or want to hold on to the depth unless someone blows Cashman away for like an offer for Andujar, which I don't think anybody's doing. No, I don't think anyone's like clamoring for Indyhar to be included in their trade proposals. And then they may end up finding a way to include him in one as they get closer to like the deadline or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. Like, I think, I think the closest you'll see him be traded is probably at the, the, towards the trade deadline as part of a package for something else. And it's just like, here, take Indyhar as well. Yeah. And it's one of those tricky things too, because now he's like arb eligible. So he's not as enticing a guy in packages and honestly if you were looking at his track record against the 2018 i don't know how many teams are gonna be like oh yeah we need that guy i think there will be some people i'd like i I should be clear i think whenever the yankees do let him go be that trading him or non-tendering him after the season someone will pick him up and i think he will get time to really try to prove something but don't know that that means people are going to go out of their way to acquire him, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. He's going to get his chances. It's not like, and he deserves them because it's not like he's like been God awful either, at least not this year, but, and I know you and I, at least me, but I think both of us hate like the quote unquote business aspect of baseball, but yeah, from the business aspect of baseball, it really doesn't make sense to like, you know, kind of aggressively pursue a Miguel Andujar. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless the Nats want to trade uh, Juan Soto for Andrew Hart, then we'll understand it. <laughs> they might. They might. They might. Yeah. <laughs> this is entirely fair, right? Yes. Or if the Angels want to trade, uh, you know, uh, Trout Rutani, you know, why not? You're going nowhere. Both. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Both, throw them both in for Miguel Andujar. <laughs> Miguel Andujar. What, is, what, what do you think? That's unfair. Fine. You can have Hicks too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Transition. The Angels. Also, they fired Joe Madden, and uh, the Phillies fired Joe Girardi over the weekend. So, Rob Manfred's anti-Joe crusade is on. Yes. I, I forgot who tweeted it, uh, but somebody was like, one week ago, there were two Joes as Major League Baseball managers. Today, zero. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. Makes Random you think. fact, but think. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah, but it's like, okay, man. I have it now. Cool. But the okay. more important note, though, is the time for terrible former Yankees third base coaches is now. 2022 is their year, as Rob Thompson is the interim manager for the Phillies and Phil Nevin is interim manager for the Angels. 
Rob Thompson is undefeated as a manager as we speak. So take that, Joe. I don't know. <laughs> and Phil Nevin is defeated in his first game. Yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> the Angels have lost 13 games in a row. They're terrible. What are we doing? <laughs> I can't believe yeah. this happened again. But <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like they're probably somewhere in the middle of their yeah. hot streak for to start the season and this 13 game losing streak. Like they, I don't think they were as good as they had been, but I don't think they're as bad as they currently are. No. Nah. I don't know what the hell's going on, but... They're blowing Trout it, though. Start <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trout, apparently you're not allowed to go in the slump. Yeah. And I get, it is funny to see, like, the, apparently the Phillies clubhouse is now doing a lot better without Girardi, so that's just like, eh, okay, well... I don't know if it, like, totally colors, like, my perception of, like, Joe Girardi as Yankees manager, because he had a really great run, and especially, like, for the first several years, he did some pretty great jobs, but... It seemed like a, by 2017, they needed like a different personality. So I, that was why they ended up going in a different direction from retaining him. And now I wonder if we're like seeing at least like the the later stage Joe a little bit more. And that maybe didn't help how things were going with the Phillies. Granted, the Phillies have a whole bunch of other problems like their defense. Who cares? Screw it. <laughs> and yeah, a lot they, of other stuff. But and still no bullpen, really. But he didn't really help like- things. They had like four DHs on the team, and they did that before the, they knew that DH was even coming to the National League. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, um, I don't think it's like Sully's or anything. My uh, like uh, my image of Girardi as the Yankees manager, and I was very notably upset when they chose not to bring him back because I genuinely like Girardi a lot as a manager. But I guess I, all this kind of does is kind of make me be like, all right, maybe it wasn't like the worst decision ever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where you, from... you feel like you understand it just like a little bit more in hindsight. I don't I still don't know if like Boone would have been my choice to like move on to, but I think like even CC Sabathia has talked about this like times like, you know, it's all 10 years is a lot of time to be on the same job and that voice can sometimes just start to lose its impact if it's the same one over and over again. So Right. I wish uh Joe Girardi, you know, the best. Yeah. Maybe he'll cut he'll... I feel like he probably gets like one more opportunity somewhere at some point. Probably. Um, yeah, I think Madden might too. Um, yeah. just because he has the resume. I think, but I think both of them have enough pedigree in that regard. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they'll just do an unofficial swap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll do a freaky Friday and Joe Girardi will manage the Angels and Joe Madden will manage the Phillies. <laughs> Although Madden should probably stay away from the Phillies just because Man, that defense that defense is bad. Hey, they they don't need him. They got Rob Thompson, baby. Again, undefeated. <laughs> so. Rob Thompson. Just never stop at third. Just keep running. Yeah. Just keep running. That's his that's his phrase as uh that's his catchphrase as manager with the Phillies. Just keep running. <laughs> just keep running. Yeah. So I guess we'll also talk about uh John Sterling is gonna be calling fewer games for the Yankees in the second half of the season, which uh is a story that you know was a little surprising to read just because you know how much of like an iron horse he is up in the, in the studio. But at the same time you're like, okay, no, that's a good idea because you're you old man and you should not be pushing yourself too much. Yeah, he's like 83, I think. Obviously, you know, he's at this point in life and probably any point in life, he's gotta do what's the best thing for his health and he, he's just come out and said, like, he really doesn't like being on the road anymore. Like, he loves baseball. He loves calling games. You know, that passion is still there. But he just, I think, 
hates traveling. I think it's probably just getting to him, and I don't blame him because traveling is annoying. Airports are annoying. Everything is annoying. So, yeah, I can see that growing weary on someone, especially after doing it for you know decades and decades. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Yeah. If I don't have to go make the dumb West Coast trip to Oakland, I don't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Like, might as well let somebody else do it. And it looks like. They have a few candidates to um, kind of, you know, take over the games where uh, Sterling won't be able to call. Yeah. Um, or cho- is uh, stepping away from what, however you want to word that. So it'll probably get like a little bit of a rotation there, which will be interesting to kind of check out. Somebody mm-hmm. who's going to listen to them, check them out. Because like I said, I don't listen to anyone anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, your, play, your play-by-play is uh, apparently Tyrion Lannister. So congrats. Yeah. Yeah, I had the the courtroom scene when ah. Shay walked in yesterday. I was like, "Oh man, this is tough." But but hey, Rizzo just hit a home run. <laughs> and who has a better story than Rizzo the Brook? <laughs> <laughs> or hey, how yeah, about yeah. this? How about this for a transition? Who has a better story than Britain the Broken? Woo! He's throwing a bullpen. Maybe we'll actually see Zach Britain in 2022, which I did not expect none of us expected it and it was kind of sad last year to, to think that like his Yankees tenure might be over just like that um because I mean I've at least I know I think both of us again yeah. have been Zach Britton fans since you know he's come here he's obviously pitched very well for them except for last year when he was like you know injured but besides that you know he's pitched very well for them and he just seems like a stand-up guy he just always says the right things he was one of the few people to like speak out for like when oh when the whole Orioles like clubhouse thing happened with uh mm. what's her name Brit uh Brit Jirole. yeah Jir- Brit Jirole, thank you yeah he was one of the like, he was he was on the Yankees but he was speaking out uh you know apologizing and doing like you know he just kind of always says the right thing the things you want to hear um and so it'd be nice if he could come back and obviously contribute and be back to being the old Zach Britton I'd be very much happy with that uh because it would just be a better send off for a solid Yankee yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you'll take wherever you can get, and he might not even come back till August. I, frankly, I think he could even come back in September, and I'd be okay with that, just because I yeah. had no expectations. But even if you get like a facsimile of the guy he was before the injury, then that's just another great sinker weapon in the bullpen that can really help them out, especially in the middle innings. Yeah, and again. The only reason we're talking about it right now, it's still obviously a ways away, but the fact that he even just threw a bullpen and they're talking about him pitching this year, it was like newsworthy for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, he's still a ways away from even facing live bitters, uh, bitters, live batters, or um, just got to go to the bar to find like some that. live bitters, you know? Yes. Dip it in a little fast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but last yeah. transition. Speaking of the bullpen. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of men who should be banned, uh, like the <laughs> Orioles assholes, um, Manuel... <laughs> speaking of pitchers we didn't expect to see in 2022. Yeah, that's, that's a better one. <laughs> <laughs> but please leave that part in there, because why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of men who should be banned. <laughs> anyway... Manny Benuelos, he's back, and he pitched an he, inning. He did. 
I know we, I think we talked about him when he was first called up back to the roster, but he didn't pitch in the, that weekend series against the Rays, but he finally got, finally got his chance. Yeah. I think we were like, we wouldn't, we were at the point where we wouldn't have been surprised if he, they just like cut him or DFA'd him or whatever before he even got a chance, but he got to finally make his Yankee debut. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yep. I mean, it was a whatever outing overall, but it was awesome. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he pitched fine. Yeah. And it was, it was a thirteen nothing blowout, so you could pitch yeah. every once. <laughs> it was a, it was a decade in the making, mm-hmm. and you could uh, tell tell how excited he was after the game too. He's like, finally, I freaking made it! Like it took yeah. a really long time, but and seeing him do uh, seeing him do it wearing Dylan Batanzas' old number it was just like you know just tugging at the old heartstrings. Yeah, he's like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, Dylan thought, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, okay, that's that rules. <laughs> yeah. Not much and, else to say um, about that beyond that. It was just like a very nice moment. It was, to yeah, see. it was just just like nice thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, if he continues to contribute or be a part of this team, cool. If not, hey, again, our twenty, our ten years ago selves are just very, very happy for this moment. <laughs> yeah, he made it just as we all expected. Yes, he's gonna be an ace, <laughs> as Greg says. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of transitions, should we take a break like Greg did from writing? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, except we will be coming back. So, <laughs> All right. Talk to you a little bit. And we're back. So uh, shall we check in on our BREF top 12? Yeah. As always, Aaron Judge is just come, kind of blowing past the competition. Nestor yeah. had a fun little stretch uh, at the top, but yeah, it, this is Judge's game now. He's sitting high, high and mighty with three war. Uh, Nestor follows him, 2.6. And then it's just the usual crew, DJ, Jameson Tyone, Clay Holmes, obviously. Garrett Cole's uh, making his way back up. He's, you know, sitting in the middle for, for like, you know, a couple of weeks in the bottom half. So, you know, he's surging. He'll, he'll probably, he'll take his rightful spot at some point. Josh Donaldson, Glaber Torres, Jose Trevino. What a story. Yeah, man. Jose Trevino, <laughs> when you look at like the leaderboards in the American league and for catchers, he's right up there in terms of war (laughs) and he's doing this in only like 60% of the playing time. I will give the Yankees credit. It does seem like they are playing Trevino a little bit more than Higashioka lately. So as much as I'd like it to just be a, a regular starter backup situation, then what they're doing, they are at least erring more in that direction faster than as I they, thought they would be as they should yeah and that's potential all-star Jose Trevino yeah I think probably it'll, be, not. it'll be tight but <laughs> probably not but potential yeah that we could even have the discussion of like oh maybe you can squint and see it that's impressive enough <laughs> yes it's also very damning on the state of the catching in the American League but absolutely we don't have to but talk I will, about that I will just enjoy the silver lining <laughs> yes because yeah it's just hilarious and outside of uh, Nestor starting the All-Star game for the uh, American League, uh, Jose Trevino just making the team is my second greatest cause. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, rounding out the, the, the top 12 are Severino, Montgomery, and his return, Giancarlo Stanton. He's back. He was up there, he was up there for uh, a while, and then, you know, he got hurt, and, you know, just whatever. But he's made a re- re- reappearance, so welcome back. Yeah. And fun fact, all five starters in the rotation are still in the top 12. Yeah. 
They are. Yeah, we haven't talked about Jordan Montgomery at all, but he threw a good start against the Angels and then followed that up with a good one over the weekend against the Tigers, too. So, hooray. Is our conversation about Jordan Montgomery the equivalent to the run support he gets? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, granted, I think we the only context that we had of talking about him on this podcast before then was talking about how he doesn't get run support and how he's yes. low-key, apparently. So, yes. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. But as I believe Peter outlined the other day, all five Yankee starters have like all-star cases. I mean, I think Cole and Nestor and maybe Tyone are the ones most likely to make it. But it's it, it is funny just that they're they're all doing well. Like we don't need to yeah. like split hairs here. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say Nestor and Cole make it. Yeah. And then uh, Holmes out of the bullpen. Yeah, I'm talking about just the rotation. Yeah, 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 and even like Cole. Like, obviously, I think he's de- he's deserving, whatever. But I think he kind of makes it more just on reputation than possibly this year, just because people are annoying. But at the end of the day, I think Cole and uh, Nestor obviously make it. Nestor obviously. Yeah, and, uh, and even st- even still in so so year, he has 81 strikeouts and 64 <laughs> innings. He's yeah, he's just fine. He's good. And he, as yeah. we talked about at the top. Since mid-April, since the Billy Crystal Gate, you know, basically in the first first uh, few starts Gate. of the season, yeah, since the first few starts of the season, he's been shoving. So he'll 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 be yeah, fine. yeah. My joke from the last like I think two weeks where he's the fifth worst or fifth best starter on the team is like no longer valid. Yeah, because he's just been, and it's not because like the other guys have done poorly. It's just he's just no, he's just good. really good. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like pitching like Garrett Cole again. Ah, oh, um, damn! I guess we have to deal with a good Garrett Cole again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, and just a ERA plus watch for Clay Holmes is at eleven thirty. Yes, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> what insane, insane man. Yeah. 0.34 ERA, and for a while, Josh Hader had a better ERA within him because Josh Hader had not given up a run this year, but he gave it back-to-back home runs. So he's done. Get out of here, man. He's done. You're toast. Ooh, it's the Clay Holmes show now. <laughs> yeah, he's just still 0.34 ERA, 25 innings, no runs since opening day. It's good. Clay Holmes good. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. He's only given up exactly three walks this year, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, JP Fireisen has not given up a run either, so he is still former ahead Yankees of Clay legend. Holmes, technically. Yes, former Yankees baby bomber legend, because they yes. got him in the Clinton Frazier deal and then sort of weirdly just let him be claimed or just traded him for nothing, so I whatever. The Yankees traded him to the Milwaukee Brewers for Brenny Escano and international bonus slot money. That was in September of 2019. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> and then... The Brewers traded him to the Rays last year? Yeah, that was another questionable decision. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're tangenting. Let's uh, get back on track. Wait, I got this. I got this. All right. Speaking of the Rays, <laughs> why don't we talk about our upcoming schedule? <laughs> <laughs> that was us veering back on the road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah, the the Yankees are going to finish up um, the the Minnesota set with uh, two more games uh, this week before they come back home to host the Cubs. Yep. Then they're off on Monday again, another scheduled off day. But uh, I think there is rain in the forecast for this week in New York because, of course, not. So we'll keep an eye on that and uh, see if that Monday off day ends up being used. 
Well, I'm, supposed I don't to know go, the... I'm supposed to go to the game on Saturday, so hopefully it does not do that for that one. I think Saturday's when I saw it was in a rain. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. So, <laughs> but we'll see. I could yeah. be wrong. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they host the the Rays. Look at that! Boom! There's my transition. Yeah, when the the Rays of Sunshine may be out, but we don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and maybe in in the sky there will be some blue jays. Oh, <laughs> <It's> terrible! <laughs> yeah, and then uh, <laughs> to your point, I think they traveled back to Toronto to face the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. if I have that right. And I then that's correct. Yeah, yeah, they do have like a, a kind of tough-ish schedule coming up because they're going to see the Rays twice. They're going to face the Blue Jays, and then. They're also going to play the Astros uh, over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, this beating up on, you know, a little bit weaker schedule uh, that we, and that's kind of happened has been good. Obviously <laughs> they split the series with the Rays last time uh, at the top, but you know, 40 and 15 is a good place to be in when you're kind of going into a tough schedule. So yeah, pretty much they after, have a little bit of cushion. At pretty much after this series, the series with the Cubs over the weekend, it'll be a whole bunch of good opponents in a row. There's one game, there's one series against the A's in there that'll be a little bit cushier, but other than that, it's going to be a little busier for them, we'll say. Yeah. So, so good to be back at uh, full strength with the lineup, at least yeah. for that. Good to be 40 and 15, as it were. Yes. Always. All right. Shall we uh, wrap up this? weirdo podcast speaking of transitions <laughs> yeah now it's over we're doing the yankee and mitre of the week so who's your yankee of the week i'm just gonna kind of give a little bit of a tie and just give it to the rotation as a whole because it's just been insane it's been an incredible run for them um and it's hard to just pick one uh obviously you know if I had to pick one, Tyone probably gets it because of his, like we talked about his perfect game bid, Garrett, but then Garrett Cole followed that up with his own perfect game bid. It's just hard to pick any one starter to call out, but the, like I think you said earlier in the, in our, in the episode is that the rotation is the stars of the show this week and absolutely just going to give it to them as a whole. Yeah. I think that is extremely fair. I mean, how do you pick between your children? That's very, that's basically it. Pretty much. And uh, who's your Yankee of the week? Uh, I think we'll just, we'll play it easy. Go Manny Benuelos. Cool to see him back on them. Well, not back on the mound, just at the, on the mound at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Finally. So he made it. Just a fun little feel good story. Yeah. And honorable mention, I guess, to Aaron Judge for still being a destroyer of worlds. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, man. Kudos, kudos to Judge for, um, just figuring out how to change the difficulty settings. <laughs> yeah. No, at this point, it's sort of like what happened with like Willie Mays, where Willie Mays probably should have won like 12 MVPs or something like that, but they got tired of voting for him. So they're just like, yeah, fine. You're still Willie Mays, but we're not going to make you MVP. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Judge, he's good at baseball. Uh, who's your Manfred of the week? Finding someone not good at baseball is thankfully tricky this week. Yeah, this was hard. Um, I'm going to be extremely unfair and a little bit harsh because by all means, he's had a good good week, especially, or like, you know, solid week, average week, whatever you want to call it. But it's going to be IKF, IKF, because I blame him for um, uh, JMO losing his uh, perfect game bid. And that's about that. 
Yeah, I'm well. I'm glad we're being fair here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but his uh, his defense at shortstop has been a little bit choppy recently. Uh, so, you know, just clean it up, man. Um, we're not asking yeah. you to be Derek Jeter. We just need you to like stand there and not bobble everything. <laughs> right. And For like, the most part, he's I, fine. I, yeah, and the 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 play that ended uh, the the Tyone bid wasn't even like the worst play. No. Like you know, he's that would have been a tough play. play. But it was a tough play regardless. So like it like at the time I was just like, oh man, that sucks. But like you know, what can you do about it? It was just one of those kind of the, the the way the ball was hit. But for right now, yeah, it's all your fault, guy. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna make uh, my man for the week, Josh Donaldson, because uh, he was whining about like, oh, I did my wasn't really. <laughs> I feel betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> he returned. How dare he? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he was also like complaining about like, oh, I didn't know if the clubhouse really had my back. So that's. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And like, I, honestly, like, if you listen to or like write, read what they say, like, they were just like, yeah, it was dumb, but like, let's move on. Yeah. If that's the harshest thing you're getting. Like, I'm sorry they didn't just outwardly support your stupid comments. Yeah, like, they're not going to just, like, go out of the way and be like, oh, yeah, that was a great idea to call Tim Anderson Jackie, man. We're all going to call him Jackie now. Solidarity. Like, no, idiot. They honestly did have your back because all they said was, that was a dumb comment, but let's move on. Yeah, and I think the most generous interpretation is that he was just more taken aback that he didn't have support. And not that he was like disappointed that he didn't have support, just as like, oh, okay, right. huh. But you know, and I think that this the Yankees clubhouse is pretty tight knit. They will re- figure this out, honestly. So I'm not super worried about it. I'm not gonna really enjoy watching Josh Donaldson as much as I thought I would before the season, but whatever, he's around. Yeah. Maybe hit yeah. if you're gonna be annoying. Exactly. Make it worth it. Yeah. And it's still not worth it, but <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. It's more palatable. That's your challenge, Josh Donaldson. Yep. All right. Well, since we were ending on a good, kind of a weird note, well, how about this note? Nestor Cortez. Okay. The foul has been cleansed. Just Nestor Cortez. There we go. Yeah. Problem solved. Ah, now I feel good again. Just thinking about Nestor Cortez and his mustache. <laughs> and that picture of him and Matt Carpenter just standing next to each other, figuring out how they're going to rescue Princess Peach. Exactly. <laughs> Better. Yes. Ah. We're in a good space now. We're in a good space. There we All go. Right. I feel better. So that'll do it for us on this uh, little bit of a lengthy edition of the Pinstripe Alley podcast. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. You can follow PSA on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. Hey, what's, what's your question for yourself this week? There you go. What am I going to eat for lunch right now? What is it? That's, it. That's the question. No, I don't know. Okay, well. Maybe I'll answer it next week. What did you have for lunch last week? I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what I had for lunch any day. Honestly, the answer is probably I'm going to either go to a deli and grab a sandwich or just, like, go to McDonald's because I don't feel like making anything and I'm just hungry. That's the solution. (laughs) Just deli it up. Yeah. Deli sounds better than McDonald's. Turkey and and Swiss, rye, maybe a little bit of horseradish. Thinking a hot salami sandwich. Ooh, that could also be good. All right. Yeah. Well, now that we've made you all sufficiently hungry, we will bid farewell. Hopefully there are sandwiches in your future. Hopefully there are also some Yankees wins in your future. Yes, I would like both. I like sandwiches and I like Yankees wins. Yes. And speaking of Yankees wins, last transition, go Yankees, go baseball. (laughs)